What's up, everybody? Happy Sunday or whatever day you're listening to the podcast. It's your girl, Cece, and I'm finally back with the newest episode of 21st Century Cripple. You can follow 21st Century Cripple and listen to 21st Century Cripple anywhere you stream podcasts. There are stickers available on 21st Century Cripple Etsy shop if you're interested. And you can always follow 21st Century Cripple on Twitter and 21st Century Cripple on Instagram. Um, I'm a little behind on posting and I promise I will get back to it, but thank you guys for showing up. If you're new here, if you've never listened to me before, hi, how are ya? Um, this is Cece and I have cerebral palsy. I'm a cripple and this is 21st century cripple. Um, welcome. And if you're not new here and you've been here all along, what's up? Nice to have you back. Thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, make sure you share the episode with all your friends and family. That's how the episodes grow, share on your social media pages and whatnot. So happy to be back with you guys. It's your girl, Cece, and I'm finally back with the newest episode of 21st Century Cripple. Beat that imposter syndrome. What's up, guys? I'm back. Um, Let's get into it. Let's talk about today's topic. So before we talk about imposter syndrome, let's first define it. So imposter syndrome is defined as the persistent ability, inability of a person to believe that one's success and achievements are as a result of their own skills. They often believe that the good luck or good accolades that are given to them are due to outside sources and just have trouble Um, accepting the fact that they are worthy and deserving of achievement and high praise. This is not a new word, not a new syndrome. Um, This has been around since the 1970s, originally coined by psychologists uh, Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Iams. I'm not sure if I pronounced those correctly, but they originally coined this term in the 1970s as they were studying women in the workplace and why the women in the workplace in the 70s, I wonder why, were feeling as though they didn't deserve the accolades that they were getting, that they weren't worthy to be successful, and there was a bit of disparity in the way that, um, I want to say self-worth, the way that women were looking at themselves, they looked at themselves as less than a person, less deserving of a salary, of an income, of a stable household. I wonder why. But, so that's when that term was first coined. Um, Oftentimes, if you suffer from imposter syndrome, it doesn't matter who you are, man, woman, child, or or old, middle age, millennial, Gen Z, Gen X, it doesn't matter. Um, You can feel like a fraud. You feel like you refuse to come to terms with your success because you feel like it can be taken away at any moment. Uh, Have trouble accepting help because you think accepting help makes you weak. Often comparing yourself to others that often have higher accolades than you or um, just like, oh, well, that person is doing way better than me. So there's no reason why I should be as good as them. Um, These are all symptoms, products, um, after effects, I guess you can say, of suffering from imposter syndrome. When you are disabled, it takes on a whole other um, I meaning, I guess you can say, because as as you know, you don't have to be disabled for imposter syndrome to plague you. You can be a woman in the workplace, a man in the workplace, 
uh, new to a new job and having trouble believing that you you deserve everything that you are getting or just freshly out of college and feeling like an imposter because you don't know what the hell to do or where the hell to go, but you have a degree, you have a paper worth $45,000 and now you don't know what to do with it. Um, imposter syndrome can, can slither into your life at any time, but when you are a disabled individual and your life has been preset for you from the time that you are born Imposter syndrome is kind of like that disgusting little shadow that kind of never goes away. Um, and I wasn't aware that that's, that imposter syndrome is exactly what it was until I was, you know, older and aware and took some classes and understood that this feeling of inadequacy that I feel like I am always sitting in and breathing in and living in and always feeling the need to overcompensate and do my job 110% and just do everything well and never fuck up and always do right the first time. I am a living imposter syndrome person. <laughs> but when you have a physical disability and you don't have to, have, it doesn't have to be physical, but I'm speaking from my personal perspective. So when you have a physical disability and from the time you are born, doctors, professionals, um, your own biological father are saying that, you know, you're not enough. Uh, this disability is going to plague your life. This is all you're going to be able to achieve. You might as well just accept it. Um, the doctors were very wrong in their diagnosis to my mother when I was born. Um, they said that I was going to be MR, that I was going to be deaf, blind, unable to walk, unable to speak, unable to articulate, um, unable to feed myself. And none of those realities are true. I do have spastic dysplasia, cerebral palsy, so both of my legs are affected. Um, and depending on how I take care of myself as I am getting older, um, varies on what my condition is like. I just recently, <laughs> yay, got diagnosed with osteoporosis and arthritis, so that's cool. I got arthritis osteoporosis, arthritis, scoliosis, cerebral palsy, a metal leg, <laughs> a metal knee, a metal hip, and a metal ankle. So I just got a lot of shit going on. And sometimes, you know, I have to sit down and be kind to myself because I want to do a million thousand things at once and I'm, I will get angry or agitated with myself because I didn't finish those tasks. Sometimes I have to literally sit down and remind myself like, girl, you are disabled. Sit down and put some ice on your ankles. <laughs> like sometimes I physically have to remind myself that I am not superwoman and I cannot do everything on my own. And even saying that right now, like my stomach turned a little bit because I don't believe that. I know that I can do anything that I want to do. Even if it takes me two or three hours to do said task, I'm going to get that shit done. But <laughs> so imposter syndrome is something that I have suffered with um, throughout my life because, you know, from the time I was born, like I said, doctors have been giving my family diagnosis, um, telling my mother what to expect out of me. And um, I have a very good memory. I remember very much from my early childhood, from my first surgeries. Um, I remember just, I remember getting ran over by a car. I was three years old when that happened. So my memory goes that far back. And I remember people have always thought lesser of me and always have told me, 
like, oh, well, you're not going to be able to do this. Like, you, uh, you might as well come to terms that you're never going to be able to do this or that. Um, whatever the task is, whatever it was, people have always and never have been shy about it telling me what I cannot do. And that lights a fire within me because who are you to tell me what I can and can't do? You don't know me. You don't know how hard I'm about to try to prove you wrong. But all of those things are the little seeds that were planted early in my life that led me to having and dealing with imposter syndrome. And if you are physically disabled or any kind of disabled, whether you're neurodivergent or any other disability that you may suffer with, um, mental illness, so all of those count, whether you're you know, suffering from bipolar disorder, a person with bipolar disorder, excuse me, a person with autism or any other kind of disability, I know that y'all know what it's like to have other people define your abilities, what you're able to do before they even give you a chance to be a person. So when you're disabled, other people give you their opinions on you, unsolicited, unasked for. You could be in the grocery store and somebody will approach you with, are you sure you should be doing that, ma'am? Like, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm just doing my groceries. Um, so, you know, you pick an avenue, whether it's medical gaslighting from dealing with a non-specialist that doesn't know how to handle your disability. Let me tell y'all something. As a disabled adult, and a physically disabled adult who needs orthopedic care, it's very hard to come across a doctor that cares for adults that have orthopedic needs. Um, I will do a podcast episode soon about transitioning from a child with a disability to a full-grown adult with a disability. It definitely seems like this country may, and I say that lightly, take slightly better care of children who are disabled than adults. And I think somewhere in the mix of growing up, the government, uh, agencies, um, the workforce, um, medical insurance, they all forget that disabled children turn into disabled adults and the care kind of dwindles from there. But again, all of these factors, this is a medical factor when you are trying to go to the doctor because you have searing nerve pain, your leg feels like they are on fire, but doctors are telling you that it's all in your head, that's medical gaslighting. That can lead you to medical imposter syndrome where you are physically and knowing that you are feeling these symptoms, you are feeling pain because of it, it is actively affecting your life, and you are having a doctor look at you in your face and telling you that it's all in your head. That has happened to me multiple times in my life, and that probably is the reality of a lot of individuals who have a specialized disability and go to a non-specialist doctor to receive care. So a lot of times throughout my life, um, I used to fall. I used to fall every single day. I used to have permanent gashes, permanent scabs and scars on my knees because I would fall every single day and like reopen up those those wounds every day every day I would fall from probably maybe like four or five years from eighth grade to to the end of high school I had these gashes in my legs from falling constantly and anytime I would go to the anytime I would go to the school nurse or just a regular general care doctor they'd be like well why are you walking around 
And I'm like, excuse me? Because I have two legs and I want to walk on them. The fuck? Like, I, I never understood why people were trying to limit me. If I have the ability to walk, whether I'm limping, whether I'm veering off to the side, or whether it looks like I got a little pimp walk going on, if I'm able to walk, I'm going to walk. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. So I can never understood why people were always trying to put me in a chair. And that's no disrespect to anyone that uses a wheelchair for mobility because mobility wheelchairs are mobility and mobility is freedom for independence and how one lives your life. But I'm just saying from a perspective of somebody that can physically walk and I walk a little funky, people are always trying to be like, mm, well, maybe you should use the chair. That's that's <laughs> that's first of all medical gaslighting because I knew that I was able to walk and I knew that I could do it. And but also now when I, now that I'm older and I see individuals in a wheelchair, I'm like, like, oh, I shouldn't call myself disabled or I shouldn't complain because other people have more inaccessible lives than me. I don't know if any of y'all who are not in wheelchairs have ever tried to be in a wheelchair for a day. The world is not set up for people in wheelchairs to to succeed. And I don't know how they haven't run over everyone and just rolled over everyone that that disagreed with their stance because restaurants are not wheelchair accessible churches are not handicap accessible restaurants are not handicap accessible bars are not handicap accessible concert venues are not handicap accessible most apartment buildings most office buildings most cars most grocery stores are not set up for people in wheelchairs to have successful ways of getting around um I don't mean to go off on a little tangent, but that is extremely important within the disabled community. We need more accessibility for people in wheelchairs. So if you are a person that uses a wheelchair, imposter syndrome could be very valid to you because when you are finally able to get into a place, you feel like you don't belong there because you have limited access to a lot of places, a lot of venues, and a lot of experiences in your life. We should be making the world more inclusive so everyone can be included in these activities and it just not be a one-off thing. But, you know, no matter what your disability, no matter what your diagnosis, medical gaslighting can definitely lead to imposter syndrome. But moving on to a different aspect of life, whether it could be applying for Social Security, that can make you feel like imposter syndrome so much because they question they want to know everything about you like i swear to to that one up there up there not to use his name in vain on this podcast but i swear to that man up there that um they want everything but your blood when you sign for when you try to apply for social security they want every proof like why should we help you are you sure you're disabled y'all i was born in 95 I was born in 95, okay, in Texas, in one of the only hospitals that was able to keep me alive. So I was diagnosed from the, from the day I was born. And I had to, I was denied cerebral, I was denied, excuse me, um, Social Security when I reapplied for it when I was 18 years old. How are you going to deny me when y'all diagnosed me from birth? The government diagnosed me. And I, my mother was receiving Social Security up until she got married because that is something that the government does, cut off the child's care when the mother gets married. I don't know how the two are correlated, but we'll talk about that in another episode also. But um, 
I was diagnosed from the time I was born is the point. And I still had to reapply and reprove and show the day that I got diagnosed, show who diagnosed me, if my disability was permanent, and if I was still disabled every single time Social Security inquired about anything going on in my life. To apply for Medicaid, to apply for food stamps, it's like a disgusting process. Like they they want to like know everything about you and you feel so violated and you feel like, damn, is everything I go through as a disabled person not enough? Like you want me to go through more? You want me to go through more to have to get the help that you need. To be on Social Security, to be on Medicaid and to be on food stamps, it really gets under my skin when people call it a handout, when they don't understand that the government wants you to be destitute in order for you to receive the help that you need. So if you are receiving Social Security, food stamps, and Medicaid, aka me up until last year, it's because the government doesn't want you to succeed. They want you to be dirt poor, unable to live, unable to have an affordable wage, and unable to care for yourself medically. And once you are destitute and begging for crumbs and cheese, then the government will come in and be like, hmm, yeah, maybe you do deserve the Social Security for now. We'll get you this little measly $700. Um, Y'all tell me what $700 is going to do in this economy. You go to you go to HEB seven times in a week, that's $700 right there. Um, $700 is not enough to pay rent anywhere in the U.S. of A nowadays. You might be able to pay a bill or two with that, but you're not going to be able to make a livable wage. Let me tell you also, the government... <laughs> cut my food stamps <laughs> from $122 to $8. What was I supposed to do with that? Who can eat with $8? This is an instance where you are down to your last crumb and you're really asking the world, like, is this all that I deserve? Is this really all the government thinks? that I deserve. And whether or not you are a person that believes that the government should help its individuals and its country, I don't care about your opinion. It is what it is. If I'm disabled and nobody's going to hire me and nobody's going to give me a chance and nobody's going to give me a livable wage, what other option do I have than to look for and and to apply for government assistance? So Government assistance in itself can make you feel like a victim of imposter syndrome because I have been on government assistance for the majority of my life, which means I have been right at or dancing on limping along the poverty line because I have never been able to have a sustainable income, um, have a sustainable job. And I do now, and I'm knocking on wood, so none of those things get taken away from me. But I never had, up until last year, I never had reliable transportation. I never had a way to get myself around independently. I always was dependent on other people. I didn't have a way of income. Every single job I applied to, I would never get called back because I had cerebral palsy. And nobody could tell me otherwise because as when I didn't click cerebral palsy on the... Um, disability disclosure, I would get called back. And in the interview, when I disclosed my cerebral palsy, I wouldn't get called back. So y'all tell me, you know, just put two and two together. But imposter syndrome is very, very real when these are the, have been the circumstances of your life. You are told that you have to 
be destitute, be begging, be desperate to receive any help. And now I'm at a place in my life where I am no longer there. I am in a different realm. I have a job, a home, and transportation. I am fully independent, and I did it all on my own. Um, It was a long time coming, and it was three years of couch hopping, family hopping, not having a space, um, not knowing what the hell I was going to do to come up, but just knowing that I was going to get there. Um, When you come from these circumstances and you literally get it from the mud, it is so hard for you to to fully believe that you deserve things when your when your life turns over for the better. And I constantly have to pray and humble myself and remind myself that I am worthy of everything that I have achieved thus far in life. And I ain't finished. I got a lot more to do. I want millions of people to hear this podcast. I want to be a disabled activist. I want to be the reason that there is a disabled footprint in corporate America. Like, I have a dream. I have a goal. And I will achieve it. I don't necessarily know how I'm going to get there, but I know I will. And... Lately, the imposter syndrome has been knocking on my door because I recently just moved out on my own um, to an undisclosed location because it's none of y'all's business. But I just recently moved out on my own. I have been driving um, independently for a whole year now, and I finally have a job, a job that I love to do, that I'm learning a lot, and that I can, that I'm just very, very grateful for. And sometimes I find myself overworking myself in my job because I feel like, oh, my God, I, I, you know, I've never had a job before. And this is the first company that ever has given me a chance. I have to put my all in this and I have to be the best person I can be at all times. No questions asked, no mistakes. Like, I don't like to do anything wrong at work. I don't like to make any mistakes. Like, I want, I like to be at 100% at all times. If you are this way, it's not because you're pretentious. It's not because you're trying too hard. It's most likely because you are suffering from imposter syndrome. You feel like a fraud. You feel like you have to overcompensate for the good things that you were doing. You have to do 10 times more. Otherwise, you know, you wouldn't be deserving of the accolades that you get. And that's not in itself true. You have earned, you know, you have earned the things that you've earned or you wouldn't be where you were at today. So just take time to look at yourself in the mirror, a uh, man or woman, doesn't matter, and just be like, you are a bad bitch. You earned that shit. You got everything that you were meant to get in this life because you didn't give up on yourself. You kept going. You kept pushing through the bullies, through the people that told you you would never be anything in life, through the doctors, through the strangers that impose their opinions on you, family members that didn't believe your diagnosis, you know, whatever. That's not true for me, but I know it's true for others that a lot of people there, if you have a physical disability, half the time your parents didn't acknowledge it and thought that you were just exaggerating or just whining because if you're mentally okay, then you're okay. And that's not true either. But, you know, imposter syndrome can make a person believe that when they finally have the things that they deserve or the things that are normal to able-bodied people. So to able-bodied people, driving a car is like something that is like, of course I'm going to drive a car, duh. I got a car when I was in high school. But for disabled people, that's not the reality because it's super expensive to modify a vehicle. 
even more expensive if you want to get taught how to drive a disabled vehicle. It can be you can get charged up to $165 an hour just to be taught how to drive a modified vehicle. So it's expensive and inaccessible in a lot of ways, you know, so for what for what comes easy to an able-bodied individual getting their first job, driving their first car, and having a stable enough income to live alone, these are things that able-bodied individuals think that you're supposed to do in your life, and you are. But when you are disabled, we have to jump over so many hurdles, and it's ironic because we're disabled, so we have trouble jumping over hurdles anyway. Um, but you really do. We have so much to prove. We have to prove to doctors, teachers, nurses, strangers, boyfriends, girlfriends, friends that we are disabled, that we're not complaining, that our diagnoses are valid, that we are worthy of care. And if we say that we're hurting or we're having a bad day, you know, I hope someone believes me and it shouldn't be like that. We shouldn't feel like that. But it's those feelings that lead to imposter syndrome. So you feel like me personally, sometimes I feel like, uh, yes, I am disabled, but should I use this disabled, you know, perk, I should say, that that's being allowed to me? Because sometimes I'm like, if I can walk and I could, you know, if I'm not having a bad day, if my nerves aren't flaring up or I didn't do too much the day before and I feel like, you know, a good day and I'm walking around, I wouldn't, I, I don't uh, necessarily always use my handicap placard when I park somewhere. Uh, why? I don't know. Because if anyone else saw me walking, they would see that I'm disabled. But sometimes I just feel good and I don't want to use it. And I'll let someone else in my brain, someone else that's more deserving of that spot, get the spot. You know, so or even when it came to college in Texas State, there were so many times on the shuttle when there was designated handicap seating. And I never sat in it because I was too ashamed and too embarrassed to be like, hey, I'm physically disabled and I'm about to fall on this bus right now. Can you get your ass up so I can sit down? You know, I, I was always too scared to stick up for myself to literally claim, hey, I'm disabled. The seat is literally made for me. Can you move? You know, those are things that were owed to me that I should have spoke up about and I didn't. Um, so I would stand awkwardly and have a panic attack on the bus while I'm trying to stand on a shuttle for 20 minutes on the way home. I shouldn't have been doing that. Someone should have got up and let me sit down. But unless you, I felt like, well, if they're not moving for me, they must not see that I'm disabled and I don't want to have to go out of my way to prove it. Because so many people look at me and I don't know if, I don't know what people preconceive about me, but they see a pretty girl and they're like, there's no way that you're disabled. And I'm like, excuse me? First of all, that's insulting. And second of all, you can look like anything in being disabled. You can be Princess Diana. You can be a Disney princess, which I hope they do soon. But it doesn't matter what you look like. <laughs> I could be the finest woman on earth, but I still have cerebral palsy. Like, it's never going to go away. So the fact that people, like, equate it to whether you're pretty or whether or not you're active, um, that's shitty. And those things can lead to imposter syndrome because you're like, well, if I don't look like this or people don't perceive me to be disabled, am I really disabled? I'm here to tell you, yes, you are. <laughs> and your emotions are valid. Your diagnosis are valid. And everything that you feel as a disabled person, whether it be your peers, whether it be your job, whether it be your family, your dating life, um, 
social life, whatever you feel impacts you as a disabled person, every single one of those emotions are valid. And just because you might not have someone around you that 100% relate shouldn't invalidate your experiences. And I personally believe that feeling invalidated leads to imposter syndrome because so many people have told you that you can't and you aren't and you're not and you can't do that and you will never. So when you finally prove all of them wrong, those words are still lingering in the back of your head. You'll never be able to walk. You'll never be able to be independent. You'll never be able to be self-sufficient. You'll never be able to live without your parents. Well, look at me, bitch. I'm doing it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to yell, y'all. But sometimes you just have to like look at yourself in the mirror and just know that don't become a self-fulfilling prophecy. You are not those words and the negativities and the limited, the limited, um, what am I trying to say? The limited expectations that other people place on you are not your reality. Um, so you don't have to subscribe to when people say, oh, well, you'll never be able to drive as a physically disabled person. If you want to drive, you can drive. You can find someone to teach you. There are ways. This is 2022. There are hand modified vehicles. There are vehicles that um, that you can. There are Teslas now. There's no reason why a disabled person cannot have full autonomy to be able to drive. But whatever it is, and you're disabled, and someone has ever told you that you couldn't do those things, first I want to ask you if you've tried those things. But do those things that people told you you can't do. If you've never tried it because someone told you that you couldn't do it. Go try that thing today, whether it's riding a bike, whether it's uh, rollerblading, whether it's jumping, whether it's learning how to jog, learning how to run. Um, those are all the things that some people have told me that I would never be able to do. Um, try those things or work with yourself so you will be able to achieve them one day. Um, but my main message with this episode is the main, re- the main way to beat out imposter syndrome is to not become other people's perceptions of yourself. And the negative voices in your head that are telling you that you don't deserve are wrong and they're not accurate. And it's just your way of trying to protect yourself if anything goes wrong or just protect yourself because you have been listening to what other people say that you could and couldn't achieve for your whole life. And I'm here to tell you that those things aren't true, that you can create your own reality, that you can beat this imposter syndrome and, you know, walk in your power and know that you do deserve everything you have and you deserve all the accolades that you do get and you deserve the praise. You deserve, you know, everything that you get and you shouldn't feel like um, out of place or having trouble accepting when people praise you. Praise is a good thing in this world. And I feel like especially now where we kind of live in a generation that thrives off of negativity and canceling and proving somebody wrong, I think it's beautiful to acknowledge someone's achievements and successes and making them feel worthy and shining in their skin. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Um, We're going to take a really quick interlude, but this was the imposter syndrome episode of 20. That was the imposter syndrome episode of 21st Century Cripple. My apologies, the audio cut off at 30 minutes exactly, so it cut off a little bit of my last sentence there. But that was the episode about imposter syndrome and 
21st century cripple and how me with cerebral palsy have struggled with imposter syndrome. I'm not going to say that it's something that I have overcame. It's something that I'm still actively actively dealing with. There are times because I've, you know, I'm only fresh to living on my own and being on my own and being self-sustainable. This is very new to me. I'm very green to the world. So to me, it's very hard for me to just sit down with myself and be proud of the fact that I have indeed got this far. And it was further than a lot of people thought I would get. Um, a lot of doctors, a lot of professionals, a lot of strangers, a lot of dumbass men and dumbass friends uh, that I'm no longer friends with anymore. But um, just a lot of people never had this expectation that I would be where I am today. So here is just a note to self that you need to set your own expectations. Do not let other people set expectations upon you or imposter syndrome will come knocking at that door. So this this was just my story, how I overcame imposter syndrome. If you would like to share your story with me or share your disabled perspective or disabled stories with me, uh, make sure you follow me on 21st Century Cripple on Instagram, 21st Cent Cripple on Twitter, and reach out to me, DM me, and we can do a little collaboration via Anchor. But thank you guys for listening. This is your girl, Cece, as always. And this was the Beat That Imposter Syndrome episode. So thank you guys for tuning in, and I will be back next week.